0: right, go ahead and uh, take your Bibles, please, to the book of Exodus this morning, Exodus chapter 3, and we'll look at uh, a thought here this morning, Exodus chapter 3, we're going to read verses 11 to 14, but we'll cover the first uh, few verses as well, just for our reading this morning, and follow along with me, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11, Moses said unto God, who am I? That I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? what shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said that thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the the joy and the opportunity it is to open your word. We thank you, dear God, that, Lord, you've given us a, Lord, just a, quick view of, Lord, just the need that is out there, Lord, the need within and without. And we recognize, dear Lord, that uh, perhaps this morning it's a, it's about, Lord, time that Lord, we would just draw nigh to you and, Lord, as you've tried to get our attention, that you would just then help us to, to Lord, make some commitments that will uh, help us and help those without. So I pray that you would please just bless your word today. I pray that you would help us, dear Lord, to, Lord, recognize, dear Lord, where, where we need to have our gaze. And I pray that you just would help us this morning in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And uh, we see here in, in Moses' life, we, we see him in this juncture where he's now at the backside of the wilderness. Really, he repeats to, to God the very thing that, that he understood and he knew already was meant to be his mission for life. We read that there earlier where he responds to, to God, really, where he asks the question, who am I? And then he says that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now, to me, that's a strange thing because Moses actually, if, if, if he was just in the right headspace, really he should have understood that that was him and yet here he was questioning if that was him he, he was the one called to bring out the people out of uh, out of egypt he was the one but the problem is that his his vision was skewed with the 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 failure of the past his vision was skewed his his perspective of the situation was skewed by his very own experience and You know, if you think about it, all of us are like that. When we see things like outreach, and we see things like walking with God, the things that we were talking about, all of us here at some point, we've been challenged about that before. And if we're we're real this morning, if we're honest, all of us here, we've somewhat, we've attempted that in the past, and somewhat perhaps our, our perspective about that is now skewed by maybe a failure Maybe then, now, an inactivity in that. And, and when we see those things now, we're asking ourselves, like Moses was asking, who am I? Is it me? And, and, you know, really, the problem with vision is not everyone sees what you see. You know, I could cast vision this morning, but you could look at those maps that we saw, but I, I, you won't see it like I saw it. Why? Because everyone has a skewed perspective based on their own experience. And, you know, depending on on your experience of the past will, will be really the way you respond to the present, to present challenges. Now, uh, you know, I, I remember many years ago, uh, my my daughter and I and the family were at a park, and she encountered a very terrifying thing. Now, parents, I'm going to show you a picture of this. So please, you you might want to close your children's eyes. Okay, just just close them. I want to show you the picture of what she encountered. Ready? (laughs) She was terrified. Why? Now, we all laugh at that. It's cute, isn't it? But she's terrified. She was terrified of dogs for a little while. Why her first experience of a dog was she was out at the park and and I did ask her permission this time, all right, to share this story. But she was terrified of that thing. She was out walking and she thought she was alone and suddenly, suddenly out of nowhere, this, this monster ambushed her. And we were there as good parents were just watching her and we were sitting there in the comfort of the shade and we saw our daughter walking and suddenly this dog was following her. And we were just watching with a little bit of amusement, to be honest, because this little thing was chasing her, and she was, she was running, and that was the fastest we've ever seen Vicky run. <laughs> she was running and running, and um, she came running to us, and she said, oh, there was a dog, and she was describing it, and, uh, and when we looked at the dog, that was it, all right? But, you know, for a little while, she was afraid of him, and, and I, if I was honest, you know, I, was, I had a fear of dogs for a little while when I was a little kid. Now, the reason was is because I I got bitten by one, all right, and and that was in the Philippines, which meant that probably it had rabies, okay, so that might explain a lot about me, but um, depending on your first experience, then you'll see something based on that skew, and it's often not what you're seeing, but how you perceive what you're seeing that matters, you know, each of us have that limitation when it comes to vision. We're all impaired, in a way, by our skewed vision. And again, it's, it's like that from a physical point of view, but more so from a spiritual point of view. You either see it, hear it, and get excited over it, or you see it, hear it, and dread what it all means. Depending on our limitation, on, on what we've experienced before, and how, really how tethered or how connected we are to that. And vision is something that either scares us or excites us. And, and we're sharing vision today and, and and I think I'm hoping that God got a bit of your attention. Maybe God God got a bit of your attention about where there's some inactivity, where there's some uh, some falling back in your life that you need to make a comeback in and and perhaps God some got your attention and, and you know what He means to confront us where we're at and help us see what can be. And in this way, vision. It is tied to our mission. God brings us from stops to steps to take ahead. And, and the, the real tension is that we've got to recognize today is between vision and limitation. You know, we understand, I think, because we see the numbers and we see the, the need. I think we see it scripturally, what needs to happen in our lives. But, but here's how we often respond. We often respond like Moses did, where he said, here am I, or who am I? His, his, his sight came back to him. His sight came back to who he was in the moment. He, he, the, the tension came from the fact that, that Moses understood this previously. He was to be the one that was meant to deliver Israel out of Egypt. He had a mission from God, God had already given him a vision of what can be. But what we understand in the story is Moses failed. Moses went in his own strength and now he's dealing with the very real the very real thing of his own failure of this of his own making. And now God is confronting him again about this very need and this, this vision that he was meant to take. And you know, understand that we're we're all in the same boat. You know, limitations are inherently human. You know we as a church, we have limitations, why? Because we have past experiences. And everyone here has limitations, and often it's with these that we respond when when we're presented with vision. We respond with that. we we respond with how things are and how we've seen it in the past well we've tried that pastor well we've gone down that road before pastor well you don't understand I've tried to make those commitments before and and there were some things that I had said to the Lord that I would do that I haven't and now you're asking me again now you're showing me again that there's some things that need to be addressed you don't understand pastor I've gone down that road before and here I find myself and maybe you're that way And we're going to examine here this morning the back and forth between Moses and the Lord and recognize perhaps a familiar pattern in our hearts. And then I want to show you the solution to this so we don't miss out on the potential blessings that God has for us. And note here in Exodus chapter 3, now look at verse 4. So Moses is in the backside of the desert. He's come to the Mount of God, Horeb. And then the angel of the Lord, in verse 2, appears unto him in a flame of fire. We know the story. It's the, the burning bush that's not consumed. Now, that's a pretty amazing sight. We, we know that, that in the midst of that, God is dwelling and is going to speak to Moses. But you know what? Often God will use something to get our attention. And, and often He'll use His Word. Often He'll use a challenge in our lives. But God's trying to get our attention. And vision, vision happens when it disturbs our norm and then it serves to get our attention and help us see what God wants us to be doing in, our, to be doing in us and through us. And uh, William Booth's wife, Elizabeth Booth, said this, we must first disturb the present if we are going to change the future. And, and notice here Moses' response to what God presents. He says in verse, verse 4, he turns aside, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. What an understatement right? Why the bush is not burnt. <laughs> and notice verse 4, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And, and we notice Moses' response, he was at least responsive. You know, this morning, I want to challenge you to at least be responsive. You know, sometimes we're so distracted and sometimes we're so, um, we're so caught up in our day-to-day that we fail to see and we fail to listen to God's voice even when He's getting our attention. Sometimes when we come into these times of where the Word of God is being opened, where something is being presented to us as truth, we sometimes will just get in our mind space and we're now away and we're now somewhere else when God's trying to get our attention. You know, at least Moses, Moses was responsive at least Moses uh, here, even though he had grown accustomed to this life and all of this, these comforts, he's now shepherding. He's now about, going about and, and leading a flock. He was now here, probably in a terrain he had covered over and over again. This wasn't anything new as far as schedule was concerned. This wasn't anything new that Moses was encountering apart from this. God was trying to get his attention and and moses somewhat after all these years having run away because of the failure that he had had just he had just grown accustomed to his life and all of the comforts and maybe that's you this morning maybe maybe you've just given up Maybe there's just, you're just growing comfortable not praying anymore. You're just going comfortable not, not trying to reach the loss anymore. You're just growing comfortable in a mediocre kind of walk with the Lord. Maybe you've just grown comfortable in just sitting and just being part, and this is just part of a schedule now. You know, Moses responded because he probably understood he was meant for more. And maybe he'd just grown dull in seeing. And, and Moses, at least, was aware enough to respond personally. And we know that God mentions his name there twice. And you would pay attention, right? Often when we have to get our children's attention, we have to say their name twice. You better pay attention. You teachers, you know that. <laughs> and we understand that, that when God has to say your name twice, listen, you better, you better sit up and listen. And maybe this morning, it's just, just, he's just trying to get your attention. He's trying to get your attention about where you're at and where you should be. That, that's what vision is all about. But notice again that Moses responds, here am I. You know what that's saying? It's, a, it's really an acknowledgement of where he was. And maybe you need to acknowledge where you're at and say, Lord, here am I. Lord, I'm here where I'm at. Lord, my heart is this way. Lord, I, I understand where that, that you're trying to get my attention. And when the Lord saw that he, Moses, turned aside to see. And you know what? That's when then God then began begins to draw Moses. And Moses responds in the affirmative. And, you know, the Bible does say that we ought to draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to us. And, and there's this step forward that Moses takes to at least listen now and and I hope that you would at least take that note this morning. I hope that you're not looking around and you're thinking, well, this is for someone else. No, listen, this is for you. And you, you better just take some time to, to respond to what God is presenting. And so he responds, and then in verse six, notice the dialogue continues. He tells him to draw not, not nigh, he takes him to take off his shoes, why it's holy ground. And notice now God then clarifies something. It says, moreover, he said. I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. But notice how God responds to Moses. He says, here am I. But notice God says this, I am. I am the God of thy father. In verse 8, he says, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land, uh, unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And, and so he goes forth and he, un, he, he just, just unloads on Moses. He says, yeah, now I've got your attention, um, can I remind you about the mission? Can I remind you about the vision that I had for you to begin with? And God's clarifying what's to be done. And Moses' response led to a realization of God and how much further he had to go. You know what happens? Each step of obedience leads to a further revealing of who God is and what's required. And this is God's response. And firstly, I want you to note, God clarifies that it was Him. He says, I am the God of thy Father. And it's good for us when we see vision to to make sure, firstly, that it is God. And here's how we know in our day it better line up with His Word. Right, where there's no vision, the people perish. Right, but we're supposed to look into His, look into His law. We're meant to look in His word, and the things that we we covered today, you better understand. Firstly, that they're biblical visions, that they're not just visions that we dream up because we had too much pizza last night. That you know we were just making stuff up to to just occupy our time. No, listen, that's not vision. We better make sure it's God first. We better pray and we better understand that it lines up, those things that line up to who God is and what God wants for our lives. And that's why we ought to take the time later on today to not only consider those things, but to make it personal. To, be, to, to go, Lord, what, what would you have me to do? And, and, and the Lord's going to respond with this, I am. He, he continues on and God clarifies that it was Him. And that is an important detail because, again, we can make mistakes and we can sometimes follow our own desire rather than following God's vision for our lives. But God then clarifies that, that it's His work. You see, the, the work was bigger than Moses had remembered and had realized. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you this morning as, as we looked into the statistics of those around us, I was honestly surprised that we had 1.4 million people 30 kilometers. I was surprised, and to me, it was it was just a reminder of how big the task is. You, you understand that there's there's a seven point something billion people in the world now, and we understand that all around the world we, we're tasked to reached the loss, We're tasked to be the kind of church that will serve God in our generation. We're tasked to be a, a, a candlestick for the Lord that will shine the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in our day-to-day lives, we're supposed to, uh, to, to go around be salt and light. And you know, that's not just simplicity, that's reality. We're called to that. And I don't know about you, but that intimidates me. You know, God never called us to, to something easy. He, he, he didn't call Moses and He didn't share the vision to, to comfort Moses. He shared the vision to challenge Moses. And there's no such thing as Vision Sunday to make us feel comfortable about, about ourselves and comfortable where we're at as a church and comfortable where we're at as, as believers in Christ. No, there's no such thing as Vision Sunday that way. Vision is meant to make us uncomfortable. Visions make, meant to make us think about where we're at and where we should be. That's what vision's about. And yet, Moses again reacts to this. Because in verse 11, as God then describes all of that, he says to him in verse 9, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the opp- oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. And, and, and Moses firsthand saw that. He says, come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now this was not news to Moses. Moses already knew this, but now Moses was not doing this. And notice Moses' response. He said unto God, who am I? Notice again, God saying vision and Moses is saying limitation. Who am I? Yeah, I remember growing up in church, you had missionaries come through and they share the need on the, on the screen. They share the, 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 the statistics of their country, of their field that they're ministering to. And, and then you think about the, just, just that globally. And I remember so often, you know, I was a kid that would surrender to every field. Man, I felt called to every field. And I would be the kid who always came to the altar. But I always, always remember thinking, well, what can I do? Well, what can I do about that? And no doubt there's some of you here this morning sitting there, and you saw that big number on the screen, and you thought, well, how can we do that? You know what's happening is the tension between vision and limitation. Because whenever God shares vision, here's what we do. We start to look at our limitation. We start to go, but Lord... We're only this church. We're only, I'm only this individual. And, and Lord, I, can't even, I don't even know how to share the gospel. I, I don't even know what a tract is. P- our pastor kept talking about that. I've never seen one. I, I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm. Who am I? Moses said. And you know what? He, Moses was going through a bit of a, an identity crisis. He was saying, who am I? When, when God's saying, that is you. And listen, many Christians today, they'll look at what God's called us to do to to live a holy life, to live a life that is pleasing to him. And we look around and we look at ourselves and we go, We can't. Well, listen, God's called you to that. And what God so often does is in the vision, he just reminds you of who you're supposed to be for him. And listen, some of us need a reminding this morning of who you're supposed to be for him. You're supposed to be a witness. That means if you're supposed to be, you can be, and God has enabled you to be. And Moses' reaction, though, to the reality of the task is really this. He looked at self, and when you look at self, you will see limitations. You will see. And Moses begins to question how he's going to do this. And, And you know what? Fear. Fear is a natural response to something that is bigger than we initially thought. See, Moses was limited by his past. He had already tried to do that. But, you know, the, the caveat, though, was he tried to do it in his own strength. He tried to force the issue. He tried to take his calling by his own might. And, you know, we often make that mistake, don't we? But because of that, Moses was limited by his perspective. Now he saw himself as a failure. Now he saw himself as someone who was unable to do that. Now he saw himself as this shepherd in the backside of the desert, minding his own business. And yet God confronts him, and what he was admitting was he was limited in his own power. Now that's a good thing. It's a good thing when we remind ourselves, and God reminds us that we are actually limited in our own power. We we actually can't in our own strength, Live the Christian life. We actually can't, in our own willpower, in our own way, try to live this Christian life and try to be all that we're supposed to be for the Lord. And what God's trying to do, though, with vision is this respond to the who am I with this answer I am. And this morning, really, God's solution to man's limitation is Him. He says, I am. Right? Moses goes, Well, what do I say? Who do I say? Who do I say sent me? And this is God's response. Notice in verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. That should be capital letters in your Bible. There's emphasis, God's. (laughs) And he says, I am, hath sent me unto you. Now the the dialogue goes further. Moses will then uh, experience God's power with the rod being cast on the ground. But here's the point that God was trying to make. Moses, stop looking at your limitation. Stop looking at all of that you are. Look at who I am. Hey, listen, this morning, we understand we're limited. We're understand we understand we can only do so much. But listen, with God, nothing is impossible. With God, in all His might, in all that who, who He is, He sends us with the vision to go and He sends us with the power to go. Now listen, I don't know what steps you need to take for next year. I don't know whether it's just jumping back and being the kind of witness that you're supposed to be. I don't know if it's uh, regarding just, just ensuring that you're living the Christian life like you ought, that you're walking with God like you ought, that you're, you're being in your place like you ought. But listen, stop looking at your limitation and start looking at the great I Am. It's Him. Listen, we can't in our own strength. We can't in our own might. But God keeps saying, vision, look at me, the great I am. And He kept doing it. He says in verse 16, and God said in verse 15, moreover unto Moses, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel. He's instructing him. He says, go and gather the the elders of Israel together and say unto them, the Lord God of your fathers says, of Isaac and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen. And then in verse 17, and I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction. Hey, nothing with Moses. He's saying, tell them I, God, and they shall hearken to thy voice. And shall come and the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt, and you shall say unto him, the Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us. And then verse 19, and, and he says, and I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. And then he says in verse 20, and I will stretch out my hand. And I will give this this, this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. You know what it was all about? It was Moses getting his eyes off himself and getting his eyes on the great I Am. He says, I have surely visited you. I will bring you up and I will stretch out my hand and I will give this people favor. Listen, Moses, it's not about your limitations. It's about recognizing who you have and whose you are. And God was trying to emphasize something to Moses. Each time he had a question, each time Moses had a response, what God was trying to get Moses to do was to get his eyes off himself but look at, look at the one who was speaking to him. And God is the one that wants to bring you from where you are now to where you are supposed to be. See, to Moses, he said, here am I. It was a place formed from regret. It was uh, from taking matters into his own hands, a place that actually became comfortable. And God was saying, I am. And I am come. And God's answer to Moses with what's next and where to was vision. Get your eyes on me. And God is the one that will enable you to do what he has shown you to do. And Moses, when he was, he said, who am I? You know who he was? It was inadequacy. It was an identity crisis. It was limitation. And God's response to that was this. I am. I am. God's power, God's enabling, God's presence. And today, today, you know, in our self-focused and self-centered society, we can buy into the spirit of these times. And we could be focused on the why not when God's saying, I am. And some of us here this morning, you've forgotten who God is. You've forgotten the great I am who saved you, who did. He changed your life. And it's about time we take our eyes on limitation and got it back to vision. See, church, we'll always have limitations. But God's trying to get our eyes back on what can be, not where we are now. We're always going to come to the point of realizing that the task is greater than we understand, but we need to see that God is bigger than any challenge we face. And vision causes us to see beyond now, but limitation can cause us to see it as impossible to attain. But vision then can also cause us to see God. And that's where we need to be this morning. Get your eyes back on Christ. Get your eyes back on God. Hey, stop Stop! Stop using your comforts and yourself as an excuse not to follow what God has called us to be and do. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before you. And Father, Lord, we, we have great greater tasks to stop. Lord, we have a two greater God to doubt. And Father, we can just so easily just get our eyes on us and get our eyes on, Lord, our limitations. When, Lord, you've give, given us a great vision to fulfill. And, Father, in that is really tied who you are. So I pray that you'd help us this morning as we take this time now, Lord, to, to get our eyes back on you. And, Father, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, help us right now as we, we have this time of invitation. And as the piano begins to play, I want to challenge you, church. And perhaps each and every family here this morning just needs to say we've been looking at ourselves and we've been looking at a situation and we need to get our eyes back on God. And that's a simple message this morning. That's the vision today is that we would just start to look at who God is. And so this morning as the piano plays, I want to challenge each family perhaps right there with some of the things that God's spoken to about, some of the goals for next year some of the challenges today, that you would just lay that before the the altar and say, Lord, I want to see you. I want to see you. Lord, I want to get my eyes on you. And so as the piano plays, I want to challenge you, church, to use this altar this morning and take some time to say, Lord, I want to see you. Lord, I want to get back to seeing the great I am and seeing my problems and my limitations in light of who you are, in light of what I can be in you. And why don't we take some time and do business with the Lord? Maybe it's a young person. You're saying, well, I'm too young. There's, there's too many things in my, in my life. And I want to challenge you young people. Why don't you come this morning and just say, Lord, I just know who you are. Lord, I want to trust you. Lord, I want to give you my life. And you're the great I am. Use me, Lord, in the coming year. And then why don't you commit some time to praying for our church, that we would just have unity, that we would just move forward together as God's people as we reach North Brisbane for the Lord and beyond. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not saved. Can I tell you that the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and after this is the judgment. And all of us will face God one day. But the question is, will you face him as judge or will you face him as your savior? And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. God came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I wonder if today you would know You wouldn't leave this place without knowing for sure that Jesus is your Savior.